The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Hey everybody, good morning. Good morning, I'm Pastor Chris. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. Great to have you with us today. Uh, First of all, I would like to uh, welcome uh, Michael back to leading worship with us today. Um, uh, it was uh, just one of those great things, the way it all turned out. Uh, uh, you know, Michael and his brother were kind of the, the masterminds, I guess, if you will, behind the new sound system and our, uh, all of the uh, equipment that we're having uh, installed or had installed uh, by all of our wonderful, awesome volunteers uh, over the last couple of weeks, but uh, kind of put all that together while he was here. And so they graciously agreed to uh, come back this past week and, uh, I guess, you know, tweak, mix, uh, get everything ready in the new building uh, for worship for next Sunday, and then Jesse was going to be out of town today, and so it just worked out perfectly where then uh, they came and did all that in, the, uh, in our new building, and then uh, Michael agreed to come and stay and lead worship with us today. And then we have uh, Shayla Stevens, who is a uh, guest uh, worship leader and singer with us today as well. So we just, uh, you are blessed today, and so we're glad that you're here to be a part of all of this. So first of all, uh, today is the last day, the last Sunday in our old building, and uh, we did get uh, our temporary CO to have worship uh, next Sunday in our new facility. So, woo, that's, um, that's good news. And so that is good news. It's exciting, and I'm, I'm excited about that next Sunday. I know you are too. Um, lots of, uh, and uh, by the way, uh, speaking of the new facility and the, the sound system, oh my goodness, it sounds awesome awesome. It doesn't sound like you're in a gym. It sounds like we're in a concert hall and uh, it's awesome. So invite and bring your friends for next week and it's going to be awesome. It begins a brand new turning point, a brand new day in the, in the life of uh, the history of Coastal Community Church next Sunday. So I want you to come and be a part of it and invite and bring some friends with you. Now, here's what's going to happen this morning. We have been in uh, the ser- series called The Seven Deadly Sins and uh, we finish up uh, today. However, I'm calling an audible today. Now, an audible, and I don't do this very often. In fact, I don't, I don't hardly ever do this. But an audible, if, you, if you're familiar with football, you know, it's where the quarterback uh, walks up to uh, the line of scrimmage, and uh, he's under center, and he looks around, and uh, he sees uh, maybe a different defense than, than that's appropriate for the, the play that they had called, or he sees an opening, or he sees something that they can take advantage of, or sees something that they just need to change the play. And so he calls an audible. He changes the play at the line of scrimmage. Sometimes coaches don't like that. Sometimes they do if it works because, you know, that was great and they, everybody looks like a genius. Um, well, uh, today I'm calling an audible. And I didn't really know I was going to call this audible uh, until this morning in VIP. And I shared something in our, our little prayer time with our volunteers uh, before we came out here today. And of course, everybody was crying in there. So that's not my intent is to make everybody cry. Uh, but then I walked, uh, I came into my office and I, you know, I got my, my sermon notebook folder ready. And, and uh, then I walked back down to Janet and she was teaching my wife. And I said, Janet, I think I'm going to call an audible today. And uh, she goes, really? And I said, yeah. I said, I just feel like they're, you know, today um, is the last day in this building. And um, so I've already started. Um, and I feel like we ought to uh, mark this day, you know, in the history of our church. We ought to, I, I need to say something about it. And um, so I want to do that today. 
And, um, and so I'm gonna call this audible. Uh, if it works, that's great. If it doesn't, guess what? We got three services. I'll do something different the next service. So you, you guys are the guinea pigs. It's like, man, that, that, that played bomb, Pastor Chris. And uh, so I, well, good. I got, I got a message prepared for the next two services. So you, be like, you can stick around, hear a little bit more about slothfulness. But um, uh, so here's the deal. I, I, wanna, I wanna share a little bit about my story. And then I wanna dovetail that into uh, our church and then uh, talk about today. Um, I, and if you've, been our, if you've ever been in our newcomer's lunch, you've heard uh, a little bit of, of my story before. And some of you probably haven't ever heard my story or uh, it's been a long time. Um, I grew up here in Charleston. And I grew up on James Island. And uh, my family, uh, we attended church regularly. We were very involved at Fort Johnson Baptist Church on James Island growing up. And, uh, you know, my dad sang in the choir. My mom was a Sunday school teacher. And I was, if you grew up in a Baptist church, I was involved in RAs. You know, there are RAs and GAs, royal ambassadors. And, and uh, we were involved in church. And I uh, grew up uh, on Lansdowne Drive. I used to walk to my elementary school right across the street, uh, Creighton Frampton Elementary School. No longer there now. It's a long time ago. Um, but there came a time in the life of my family where uh, we, we stopped going to church. And uh, it's probably, you know, toward the end of my, you know, when I was, uh, uh, you know, fourth, fifth grade, right around that time, we stopped going to church. Honestly, I'm not really sure why we stopped attending church. It was just, you know, I, I, I tell people that, uh, you know, here in the South, uh, we believe in uh, college football, NASCAR, and church. And uh, it's just, you know, it's just, in other words, it's just a part of the culture here, right? It's just something, in many ways, for a lot of people, it's just something you do. Okay. Now, honestly, at that point in my life, I had not given my life to Christ. I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Uh, I did not know him. We were church attenders. And I, honestly, I'm not speaking for the rest of my family. I'm just telling you, you know, as a fourth, fifth grader, it was just, you know, part of our existence, something we did as a family. But we stopped. And uh, I'm not really sure why we stopped, but we did. And I didn't really know it at the time, uh, but my parents had, did not have a good relationship. And, uh, and I, I didn't really know that. Um, and, but it became aware. Uh, I became more and more aware of it as I got a little bit older and went into middle school that my parents uh, did not have a good relationship. Uh, they separated when I was in the seventh grade. And uh, by then, like I said, we had, you know, church was a, a distant memory at this point uh, in my life. But um, we had, uh, my parents separated and I... Uh, lived with my mom. Um, and uh, honestly, I was an angry kid. Uh, I didn't really understand what was happening to my family, but my life turned upside down, you know, overnight. And I became, a, um, you know, being raised by a single mom and, and uh, all, the, all the things that go along with that. You know, uh, financial hardships, just, uh, you know, those kinds of things and kind of taking care of myself. My mom worked uh, multiple jobs and, and I kind of just, you know, took care of myself. And, um, and I was angry. I was angry at my dad, angry at my mom, uh, angry at the world. And, uh, I was angry at God. You know, I just didn't understand, um, you know, what was happening, why it was happening. Well, um, before my parents actually got a divorce, uh, when I was in the eighth grade, uh, my dad died. And um, I share with you before, if I share with you, I think at the beginning of the series, uh, well, actually at the beginning of the new year, um, when I did a, a sermon on uh, Get Fit uh, Physically, 
that uh, one of the reasons my dad died was that he was uh, morbidly obese and uh, had a, um, uh, in, um, intestinal bypass surgery, lost an enormous amount of weight, but this was years and years and years ago, and uh, had a lot of complications, internal organs shut down, ended up dying. And uh, so, um, my anger as a kid um, multiplied, um, as you might imagine. And uh, I was doing poorly in school. Uh, I'd been a straight-A student all my life. I mean, a really good student. And uh, that year, I just just was a mess. And um, anyway, that summer, uh, after uh, my eighth-grade year in school, uh, a friend of mine that I'd known in school, and you've got to just hear this loud and clear, okay? Just listen to me. Invited me to church. That's it. Just invited me to church. And um, I went, and uh, it was a small little church. And um, in fact, it was Vacation Bible School of all things. And uh, I was a little old for, for VBS, but uh, the youth group met during uh, Vacation Bible School. And so uh, I was you know, with that group of uh, students. And uh, I, I began to see something that I'd never seen before, and it really began to touch my heart. Um, I just happened to see, and I'm sure it was at the other church, I just, you know, maybe hadn't been there long enough to see it or it developed in my, my heart and my mind. But um, I saw people who were in love with Jesus, and I saw other students who were in love with Jesus, and I saw a youth pastor um, who was in love with Jesus and had something, had a personal relationship with him, something I did not have. And uh, it, uh, it spoke to me. It just began to move in my heart and my mind. Um, but I still kind of guarded at that point because I was still uh, pretty angry. And uh, anyway, the following week after this week of vacation Bible school, uh, this youth group was going to camp. And uh, the friend who invited me to church invited me to go to camp. And the youth pastor at that time, his name was Mike Diamond, uh, invited me. Uh, to go to camp with them. And I can remember uh, at home, uh, up until like Sunday morning, they were leaving like Sunday afternoon, um, and just debating whether or not I was going to go. And, uh, you know, my mom said, oh, you know, she's probably trying to get rid of me. You know, go, go to camp, get out of my hair, you know, whatever. And, um, but, uh, you know, I, I almost didn't go, but I decided to go to camp. And, uh, oh my goodness, it, it uh, changed my life. And what, what, what God had planted in my heart when I was at camp, just a lot of other people began to water and till that soil. And, and oh man, I was struggling so much with uh, whether or not I was going to give my life to Christ. And, um, you know, I remember it like it was yesterday. I, uh, I was sitting in the cabin, the, the guy's cabin, at, uh, it was Thursday, at uh, this week of camp. Camp was over then. Uh, Friday night was the last night. Everybody went home on Saturday. But, uh, and by the way, we were, uh, we were studying the book. Thank you. My wife asked me if I might need this. And no, I don't need tissue. I'm a man. So uh, anyway, um, we were studying uh, the book of uh, 1 John, and I memorized the entire book that week. And um, won a bunch of points for my team. You know, I'm real competitive. Um, but uh, 
I was sitting on the uh, um, bed, at the edge of the bed, before, uh, after dinner, before chapel that night. And uh, the youth pastor came in and uh, just talked to me and uh, began to share the gospel with me. And, um, and I had heard, I mean, I had heard, and I was already kind of, you know, trying to make that decision or not. And I'm telling you, I remember it like it was yesterday. And I said, well, um, that's, all, that's all fine and good. But I got a question for you, youth pastor. Um, I need to know, is my dad in heaven or is he in hell? And, um, you know, I was still at that point pretty angry. And I'll never forget his answer. He said, Chris, um, I didn't know your dad. I don't know what kind of man he was, and I don't know if he had a relationship with Christ or not. But I do know this. Wherever he is at today, he sees you right now, and he wants you to make the right decision. He wants you to do the right thing. And, you know, for whatever it's worth, it just, it, it made sense. And it kind of brought down my, my defenses, and um, I said, you're right. And uh, I'm ready to give my life to Christ. And uh, uh, Cam Huxford preached the sermon that day. He's now the pastor down at uh, the Savannah Christian Church, down in Savannah, one of the largest churches in in, in the state of Georgia, and um, he, he preached a message that night, and I walked forward and uh, gave my life to Christ. And, and this, this is something I'm just going to share, and, and it might not make sense, but I'm just going to say it. Um, the moment I gave my life to Jesus, I knew that God was calling me to be a pastor. And I just, I just knew. And it was like, well... <laughs> That's settled now. <laughs> I can get on with figuring that out and preparing to, to be a preacher. And, and, uh, and I did. And I went into high school. And by the way, after I, I came home from camp uh, that Sunday, uh, I was baptized at, at that little church. And um, actually Saturday afternoon when I got home, I walked down the street and I shared the gospel with my other uh, best friend at the time. His name was Norman. And he gave his life to Christ, and he was baptized as well. And I went into high school, and I was a believer. It changed my life, changed my life forever. And I got very involved in the church, and, and Mike Diamond, the, the then youth pastor, uh, became uh, kind of a surrogate family to me, and uh, the church became a surrogate family to me. Uh, my, my mom got remarried while I was in high school, and uh, I was able to share the gospel with her, and her and my stepdad uh, got baptized and got involved in the church, and their lives were uh, forever changed. And I went off to Bible college, and, uh, and then uh, I met my wife, Janet. Uh, our first date was Valentine's Day, and we got married the next Valentine's Day. And while I was at Bible college, another kind of awakening happened in my life, and that is... I felt like God was calling me to reach lost people. 
And I know that sounds funny because you think, well, that's what pastors do, right? That's what preachers and churches are called to do. And I would say, yes, they are. But a lot of churches today kind of just shuffle the sheep. And they don't really reach people who are far from God. And I felt called to do that. And so I felt like God was calling me to come back to Charleston and start a church. And so I began while I was at school making preparations to do that. And this is way before church planning networks and way before, uh, you know, a lot of the training that's available now, which is great for people wanting to plant churches. So uh, Janet and I moved back to Charleston and uh, no job, no money, no large core group of people, but I knew God had called me and I knew God was faithful. And uh, so we moved back to Charleston and we started with a small group uh, that met in my home uh, here in West Ashley. And uh, Ricky and Teresa Spell were a part of that. And I don't think anybody else here was a part of, the, part of it yet. And by the way, that was uh, the, the summer and then the fall of 1989, which is significant in the history of Charleston because in September of 1989, what happened? Hugo happened, Hurricane Hugo. Um, but that's okay. Felt like God was using that possibly to help us just till the soil. And we, uh, we had our first service, Easter Sunday, 1990, uh, at the old exchange building downtown. And uh, that was uh, 25 years ago, last Easter. And we celebrated our 25th anniversary last year, the Sunday uh, after Easter. We met downtown at the old exchange building. That's that historical building at the intersection of East Bay and Broad. One of the oldest, most historical buildings in Charleston. It's got the dungeon, you know, down below, and then the museum, and then the Great Hall. And we met there at the Great Hall. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about talking to Janet about all the money and the resources that we've invested in the uh, sound equipment. And I remember 26 years ago when the sound equipment came from Radio Shack. (laughs) And, um, you know... (laughs) Play. And they had these things called cassette tapes. I don't know if you remember those things. Anyway, um, so, uh, by the way, at the old exchange building, uh, George Washington, Prince Charles, and Pastor Chris have all spoken at the old exchange building. So, uh, but we had that dungeon. We'd tell people we'd send them to hell down below, you know. If, uh, so anyway, we met there for about a year. We kind of outgrew it as far as children goes. And our church has always been very fertile. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we then moved to um, the old exchange building and uh, downtown. And we were there for a long time, a long time. And uh, during that time, we bought some land, West Ashley, uh, off of Dogwood Road, off Highway 61, with the hopes of building on it. And uh, we, we, we then moved from there, uh, from uh, the old uh, Ashley Hall School, we moved to uh, what I used to know as St. Andrews High School. Then I think it was called West Ashley Intermediate School right there off of Wapu Road. And all during this time, uh, in other words, we set up and broke down every single Sunday for 14 years. Like that, we were portable. That's a long time setting up chairs and moving chairs and bringing equipment in and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and we were tired. And uh, we were a church of about 100 people, maybe a little more, a little less. And uh, kind of worn out at this point. And uh, we were too large, or too, too big to meet in a home, but too small uh, to uh, really have the financial resources to, to finish our land, so to speak, and to build on it. And we were there at that, at that school and kind of at the end of our welcome there. 
You know, back then you could only meet in a school for a, for a short period of time. And as you uh, continued to meet there, they would make it less and less viable for you to do so and kind of wanting you to, to go out on your own, which we understood, which we hoped, but it just wasn't happening. And I'm telling you, I remember it like it was yesterday, just crying out to God, God, what are we going to do? Like, I, I don't know where the, where, I mean, we, we've looked and we've looked and we've looked and we've checked into so many places and so many, you know, buildings and so, you know, I, I, I'm at a loss, God. God, you've got to bail us out. I don't know what to do and where to go. And I mean, I'm telling you, when I say we were at the end of our rope, I mean, we were at the end of our rope. I wasn't sure, you know, where we were going to, you know, meet. And that, that, that day was coming soon. And uh, anyway, I got a phone call. Uh, her name is uh, a lady by the name of Christy Bumeyer. Her and her family attend our church now. But um, I got a phone call uh, from her saying, hey, Pastor Chris, there's a church not too far from where I live. They live over here in Stone Creek, or they did then. And um, she said, there's a church off of our main road that I think they're looking to sell their building and property. You might want to you know, look into it. And so sure enough, I came over here and, and met with, uh, introduced myself to the uh, uh, the priest of the, what was then St. John's Episcopal Church. And they had dwindled down to a small number, just a small handful of mainly elderly people. And they were going through the process of thinking about what their next step was. They were, they were planning on merging with another church. But in the interim, they wanted the building and the property to go to another church, not become commercial property, not become condominiums or a gas station or whatever. And that was kind of their last uh, wish, so to speak. So here comes Pastor Chris, and I knock on the door, and I introduce myself, and I just tell them our story. Tell them about us, and what we've been doing, and where we've been meeting, and how long we've been portable, and that we have property. We don't have money, but we have property. And if they would be willing, you know, to let us kind of move in and kind of rent to own, we could sell our land and then possibly, you know, move here. And uh, honestly, I didn't tell a lot of people what was going on. And the reason for that was because we had looked into so many places and so many possibilities, and none of them had ever panned out, none of them ever worked out. I really just didn't want to give many people, I didn't want to give people's hopes up. And so I just kind of thought, well, here's another, you know, possible rabbit trail that I'm going to follow and see where it goes. And, and, uh, and so I kind of kept a lot of it under wraps. And, um, but I would come over here for a, a period of a, about a couple of months every single day. I would drive over here. I'd come in the middle of the night. I'd drive around the ball field. And, uh, uh, and I didn't know what a prayer circle or a prayer walk really was. But I would walk the building. In the, I'm sure I'm surprised somebody didn't call the police on me. But I would, and then I would even, I, I would just peer, th- I would just come over here and I can remember just peering through the window, just looking in and, and, uh, you know, just wondering, God, is this going to work out? Is this going to work out? Janet refused to come over here with me. <laughs> she, uh, she just couldn't do that emotionally. She just wasn't ready for another, you know, disappointment. I'd come over every single day. And uh, one afternoon, I get a phone call. And uh, it was one of the lay leaders still here at the church. And he said, Pastor Chris, we've, we've met, we've talked, we've prayed. And uh, we'd like for, for Coastal to have, to have the building. And I was like, wow. And uh, I came over here on a Saturday, and uh, they had uh, called the Bishop of the Episcopal Church of the state of South Carolina to come down and to, to meet with Pastor Chris. 
And uh, that was Bishop Salmon at that time. And uh, who is a Bible-believing, conservative, theologically sound uh, man, godly man. And um, anyway, we met. We walked the building. I told him our story. We walked outside, and we joined hands, and we prayed. And he said, the, the building is yours. I was like, well, when can we move in? <laughs> he said, you can come tomorrow. I didn't tell anybody anything. And um, I showed up at church the next Sunday. We set up and brought in all our stuff like we do every single week, like we've done every Sunday for 14 years. And um, we had worship service like normal. And I had a sermon prepared like normal. And I stood up and I said, today I'm going to call an audible. And um, I said, Coastal, guess what? Today we're going on a field trip. I want everybody to stand up, go into all the children's classrooms, go into our storage, pack it all up, and follow me. And we're going to drive down the road. We have a new home. So we got a caravan of people, drove down Savannah Highway, pulled, uh, you can still turn left there, I think, on Arlington Drive at that time, and uh, pulled left, came into the parking lot, unloaded, and everybody just started walking the building. And I mean, it was a mess here. It was, you know, they weren't unable, really, they were unable to, you know, really keep up the building much, but it didn't matter. I can remember walking down this aisle and, uh, of course, back then it had, like, hard wooden pews and, and uh, a hard floor that was kind of an old tile. And they had prayer bench, uh, kneeling uh, uh, benches, things that would, when they hit the ground, clack, 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 made all this noise. We, we screwed them in so you couldn't move them anymore. But um, uh, I can remember my kids walking through the building and Lydia, like, touching, you know, the, and she's like, you know, Dad... Like, is, can, we, can we touch this? Is this ours? I said, honey, it is. And uh, I, I want to tell you that at that point in our life, that point in the history of our church, it felt like, it felt like we had been the children of Israel wandering around in the desert. And that's not to say to discount or, you know, diminish what the ministry that had taken place for 14 years and the lives that we had reached and the lives that had been changed, the people that had been touched, but that's a long time, and it was hard. And, uh, and then we, you know, we came here. And uh, I, just, I just felt like I needed to share that with you today <laughs> to remind you that God is faithful. And, uh, you know, we've been here now uh, for 12 years. Let me say this to you. Here's, what, here's a principle that Pastor Chris learned 12 years ago. Just because you have a building, you know, just because you have a, a facility, you know, it's not like, well, if you build it, they will come. No. You, you got to be healthy. You got to have momentum. You need to be growing. And, if, and if, you're, if you have momentum and you're healthy and you're growing and you're growing and then you build a building or you move into a new facility, people will come. And we're going we're gonna to experience that uh, next week and then the weeks and months ahead. 
But I'll just be honest with you. Back then, you know, we, we were maybe a church of 125, and then Pastor Chris, through all his, you know, influence and, and uh, leadership ability, we probably grew the church probably over the next two years to about 100. <laughs> and um, so, uh, but here's what I did learn. It was time to make some changes. It was time to recommit ourselves to the vision of reaching people and changing lives and doing whatever it took short of sin to reach people with the good news of the gospel. And maybe we'd gotten to some bad habits as a small church and maybe people had, uh, you know, gotten to a point where they kind of maybe expected me to, you know, to do everything. And and anyway, a lot of things needed to change. And they did. And we changed. And over the last eight years, our church has grown from a church of 100 to a church of around 500. And uh, we started adding services and we got to a point where we decided, okay, what's next, God? What do you have in store for us? And we thought, well, we're going to build a building. And uh, we're going to uh, go all in. And uh, build a building where we can continue to grow, continue to reach people. And we did that. And uh, a, a group of people decided to go all in financially and support the, the ministry of this church. And uh, the building that we're going to move into next week is just a, a symbol of that, of God's faithfulness again. And so, anyway, today I'm going to wrap up by saying this. I don't know your story, but I know somebody needs to hear it. Um, I don't know where you're at with God. You know, maybe you're like where I was, you know. 40 you know, years ago, maybe you're just going through the motions, going to church. Maybe you've drifted away. Uh, maybe you know, you're where I was maybe 30 years ago where um, you'd stop, you've stopped going to church. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you're angry at God. And I just want you to hear loud and clear, God loves you. He has a plan for your life. And he loves you so much, he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on a cross for you. And it's not about religion, it's not about rules, it's about a love relationship with him. And he's just waiting on you to say yes. And if you will say yes, he will turn your life upside down. He'll change your life forever. And uh, you are here today because a friend invited me to church. You know, the, 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 the sin that I was going to talk about today is the sin of slothfulness. And slothfulness is, is more than laziness. It, it encompasses laziness, but it's more than that. You know what it really is? It's an indifference to life. It's a, I don't care anymore. And I just want to share with you today that as a believer in Jesus, you know, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Listen, that, that's, that is the greatest life that there is to live. And if you would just give your life fully and completely to him, He will turn your life upside down for the better. 
He will bless you in ways that you cannot right now maybe comprehend. And there is no greater difference that you can make in somebody's life than inviting them to a church where they're going to hear the good news of Jesus, sharing your story, sharing your faith. And we get to do that. We get to do that. And so I just want to challenge you today to take advantage of all the tools, of all the things that we've set you up for this week. You're not responsible for how, how people might respond to your invitation, but you are responsible to God for extending it and for living your life as a witness and loving and sharing the good news and sharing your faith and sharing your story. Listen, time is short. Jesus is going to come back one day. He's either going to call you home or he's going to return. And one day the sky will split, the trumpet will sound, and Jesus will be made known to all mankind. And every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is the Lord. You will either do that in worship or there are people who will do that in great terror. And you and I get to... <laughs> We get to change that. We get to be a part of that. So next Sunday, we'll be over there. Our first through fifth graders will be in here. And it's a new day for our children's ministry. And it's a new day for us. But don't ever forget just how faithful God is. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for I thank you for the people in my life who were faithful to their calling. Maybe some didn't even quite understand it. Maybe some didn't really know what they were doing and what the result might be. But they were faithful and I thank you for them. I thank you for all the people you've brought into my life over these many years. I thank you for the people that are here today and the people who have gone before. Thank you for uh, bringing us here and I thank you for bringing us to the new building that we'll move into God it's just a tool that's all it is we were a church we met in my home we were a church we met in all those different places and we're still your church and I pray that we would be your church that God we would listen to your voice that we would follow you and that we would be faithful to our calling Maybe, just maybe, there's somebody here today who has been angry at you, God. But they're ready to come home. They understand that they have no real reason to be angry at you. Truthfully, you could be angry at us for our sin. But your love is so great that you sent your one and only son. Listen, if you're here today, cry out to God in your heart say, God, I believe. I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died for me. And today I want to give him my life. As much as I know how, much as I understand today, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I turn my life, I turn my back on my former way of living, and I turn toward Jesus. And I want to follow him for the rest of my life. I believe he went to a cross to die for my sin. 
I believe he rose from the dead and he is alive. Father, may we be the church you've called us to be. We love you. We pray this today in the name of Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.